It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Carson Ray. Hey, everyone. It's a great day to talk about some X-Wing. And John McDermott. Hello, hello. And we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, We have another uh, big win for Team USA over in the X-Wing Team Championships, uh, to which Carson contributed in a very uh, eerily familiar way. Yeah, it's not, it's not my game plan, but it worked out okay. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, some changes to X-Wing rules updates. There's some very exciting news there on that front. Uh, we'll talk about the XTC stuff that's happening for Team USA. And we're also going to talk a bit about some of the uh, most powerful cards that are available right now. So uh, we're jumping. We're going to jump all over the place today, so lots of good stuff to talk about. Let's get into it. So we've had some new uh, and exciting development over from Atomic Mass Games. They've been, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of new releases recently, and we still have yet to see uh, the first official content that's been wholly produced by Atomic Mass Games since the transition from Fantasy Flight Games. But they did just recently announce that they're launching a rules forum, which is something I think the game uh strongly needs because that's been kind of community managed up until this point and on that front too they are going to be involving the community in a really great way yeah let's do um, maybe an interesting audio format uh little survey here you know raise your hand if you think you perfectly understand all the rules in x <laughs> tim I, put your I, hand I, down <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing Tim. <laughs> I, I understand them i just don't know them i don't i don't know either, i don't know so. if i even understand like half <laughs> of the rules interactions in x-wing uh, that's why we have people like D. Yoon and Chris Mitchell, um, who are now going to be working. They're the moderators for the AMG Rules Forum, and they're going to be working with the developers uh, and handling all the uh, kind of the official rules of what's going on in the game, which is a huge, exciting announcement because they've been kind of um, some of the people spearheading the clarifying the rules within the community because there have been a number of cases where new releases come out. Um, there's some interactions that don't make sense, and we have no official call on them. Yeah, and a lot of it's like, okay, maybe we understand how that card works on its own, but then you throw it up against another card that's like obscure in how it interacts, uh, and they clash in you know interesting ways. You know, if that happens in a game, like it's nice to be able to have somewhere to go to get an answer. Yeah, in general, this is a really good move, I think, from Atomic Mass Games. For anyone who you know maybe plays Crisis Protocol or is familiar with them from that, uh, this is how they do it for that game as well. And I think they've had a lot of community success doing it this way, where they have a document kind of with like living rules, such as uh, the one that Chris and D are going to be kind of heading. And then they have their card errata document where they actually show you the card with the updated text. Um, and it just works really well for that game. So I think we'll see some pretty good success here in X-Wing with it as well. Well, I think symbolically, too, it has a, a pretty strong meaning because, you know, we're the, the jury's still out on, um, you know, how AMG is going to handle the game. Um, and it's really hard to say, too, until we can actually see some of the ships that they've designed exclusively that have not just been carryovers from Fantasy Flight games. This is a really big move to support the community because it would be just as easy to say that they'll handle all the rules calls in the future. Um, but to open this up and actually invite people in who are respected within the community to participate actively in, you know, getting the rules clarified. It's not even so much that, you know, a lot of people 
play X-Wing without having to deal with the rules. It is nice to see that AMG is acknowledging uh, a really important part of our community and actually involving the community in the process of how the game is played. Yeah, I think this really just shows that they are um, really being cognizant of like what they have inherited. And yes, like they inherited the game and like all the things come with that. Um, but they also did inherit us, right? That's that's the X-Wing community. For better or for worse. Um, right. And, and so they could disregard that, um, but it seems like more like they're embracing that and leaning into it, um, which, you know, from our perspective, seems great. Um, you know, we put a lot of time into this game. Um, and, and I think particularly like the judge community. And so seeing um, two of its members, uh, Chris and D, you know, getting that support um, seems great. And seems like they can kind of advocate for the community as a whole. Yeah, I think overall it just feels like a really positive move. So I'm excited about that. And it makes me, um, you know, still not having more thorough knowledge of how AMG is going to handle organized play or the upcoming releases that they're going to produce. Um, this does encourage me and give me a more positive outlook about where the direction the game is going. Well, also, you kind of need to have this step first before you can really have serious organized play, right? You need to, everyone needs to be in agreement about how to play the game before you can play it competitively, right? Absolutely. Right? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right, so now we got to get into our quick, uh, our brief XTC X-Wing Team Championships update. Uh, the big news is that Team USA, I mean, for us, I mean, other countries obviously have big news when they won in their respective divisions. But Team USA wins over Hungary in a, another massive 6-1 to one, uh, win ratio there, which is really huge, including a win from our very own Carson Ray, the Phil Collins of Fort Collins. <laughs> sure, Tim. Um, yeah, that was a close game. Um, it's good to get that, get that win at the end of it. Um, and you know, just really awesome work by everyone, uh, getting those wins in, you know, it's, it's really hard, um, you know, to even get, um, you know, above 50% wins, right. To get those four wins you need to win around. And then each one after that, um, just like with the pairing system, like you can't really get favorable matchups in all of your, your matches, uh, cause your opponent is pretty good at the pairing game as well. And so getting a big 6-1 um, week means that a lot of players really stepped up and won matchups that maybe weren't um, great or, or even were pretty unfavorable. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I am very excited that you like also took this game in kind of the last you know, pretty late last few minutes of it, um, turned back for you. I feel like I'm, I can't think of a great nickname. Is it like last chance Ray or something? I feel like there's a nickname that someone's going to come up with to symbolize. Cause I feel like now you've set a trend. So even a game where you do have a really good matchup, I feel like you have to push it and win it in the last 10 minutes. Like that's what the fans expect. Uh, you know, Carson's a good name that that's generally works pretty well. And look, I, I don't mean to lose the first 70 minutes of my games. <laughs> I, I would much rather be winning at that point. That That's a much better position to be in. But now you've set um, a trend. This is what the people expect, man. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully I can just start winning and then keep winning and stay winning. That's like the best strategy. It almost helps me keep my interest, though, because like I haven't been able to watch them right away. So just hearing everyone like, oh, yeah, Carson won again in the last 10 minutes. Like I know what to expect, but not how to expect it. So it keeps me on my seat a little bit. It's more exciting that just way. skip the, the first 65 minutes where I'm losing. No, 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 no. I watch the whole thing so I can judge all <laughs> of your poor decisions up until they matter. 
Carson, really, you're you're stress and anxiety from having to fight all the way through. It's more entertaining for us. So I feel like that's what's most important. Yeah, I my goal is for a nice, uh, boring win this week. That's that's the goal. We'll see if I can do that. (laughs) Uh, See, now you set that standard. You're going to lose. What country is the USA playing this week? Uh, We are playing Chile. Ooh, Chile. Ooh, pretty good. Chile's one and one. So they they really need to get a win this week, um, and we're hoping we can stop them and keep our streak going. That's exciting. Do you know who? You, actually, by the time this episode posts, you might have already played your game. But do you know? Do you know what list you're playing against this week? Yeah, actually, we did just do the pairing. So I'm playing Cristobal Riego. Uh, he's playing his Empire Aces list versus my Resistance list, and I think we are playing you know, right at five p.m. Uh, Central Time on Wednesday, so the day this episode posts. Ooh, that'll be exciting. So everyone tune in. We'll try to, uh, if it's streaming anywhere, we'll share the link. I don't know if it is going to stream. Have you found out yet? Uh, we don't know yet. We'll see if a stream picks it up. I mean, you're kind of a hot you're a hot commodity right now, so I feel like all the streamers across the world are going to want to get those Carson Ray games in. I don't know. They're, they're kind of over USA. <laughs> <laughs> is that kind of one of those you'll know day of things? Um... It really varies. Cool. <laughs> I might know in like 30 minutes here. Uh, it might be a day or two. Well, we're rooting for you. And just make sure that even if you're winning at the start, lose a ship so it gets interesting and down to the last 10 minutes. I will spend exactly three health on Lulo <laughs> That's and a, Rose. Yes, please. Three health on Lulo and Rose for 40 minutes. I accept nothing less. All right, so now uh, we want to talk about, it's always good to talk about things that are actually relevant to playing the game, um, and this week we want to talk about a card that, uh, Carson, you've had a decent amount of experience with now, and it's taken the game by storm for a lot of different reasons. We're looking at the Zamwessel, particularly the Zamwessel crew card, because it's kind of the most diverse Right, tool. I think um, Zam is the most played character in the XTC, uh, because... You know, she's, you get that pilot in Separatist faction, and then that Zam crew card is uh, all over the Scum faction. Right. It's kind of like if you're flying the Separatist list, you're probably including Zam almost for sure, and then Scum most likely because it's, I mean, for four points, I mean, come on, the thing's crazy. Yeah, I think before, you know, we get too far into talking about her, like, it's important to preface that we're talking about her because of that four-point cost point. Um, which, you know, we've kind of been told that we might not expect a points update until September. Um, there's been some other stuff floating around out there about that, but until we know exactly what to expect, Zam's going to stay at four points, which is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. So, and and it's why it's probably important for us to talk about too, because this is going to be relevant for however long it takes until that points update. Um, and we can speculate a little bit too. I, I think the, the core of it is that this card does, it has so many different perks, um, kind of written and unwritten. And a lot of it comes down to being able to shoot multiple times in a turn is that's very powerful. A bonus attack is huge. And to only really have to pay four points for that. And there's a lot of ways to reliably trigger it. Um, that's crazy. Cause if we look at other cards, like the baseline for extra attacks is usually a lot more points. And it does take some setup, you know, having to kind of regenerate those charge tokens um, on her pilot card or on her crew card, whichever version you have. Um, But for the most part, like, it's a pretty reliable secondary shot as well. I I think there's also, it's one of those, um, like, same arc, same target situations, too, where, like, we've seen a lot of other cards in the game that either make you specify a different target if you're getting a bonus attack 
or they require you to shoot out of a different arc, so normally you would be shooting at a different target. The fact that you can double tap someone like boosts the value a lot too. That makes a bonus attack even more powerful because of the inherent balancing you get from shooting different targets. Yeah, so it's a very good value, right? So you want to put it on, really, uh, if you're playing a faction that can take that Zam crew, you want to find somebody who can, you know, has a seat for Zam on their ship. And so the question is, okay, well, what what ships are going to be the best there for that Zam crew? How do we get the most out of this card? Multiple firing arcs. (laughs) It's always the answer. I mean, there are so many good ships that have the opportunity to either start with multiple firing arcs or upgrade to multiple firing arcs, whether that's, you know, the, the fire spray or now we've seen some instances of Zam on Hawks, which is really good if you've got that Moldy Crow title upgrade because um, then you're just getting that much more coverage with her ability. Yeah, so and that one's really interesting to me. So until I actually saw that in play, I would not have guessed that that would be a great avenue, right? Because I, obviously Zam's not that expensive, so including four points on a Hawk is not huge. Um, but when you're doing the Moldy Crow title, that's a pretty substantial investment, right? 16 points. Um, it gets you that extra arc, but really need that extra arc to get the value out of Zam. Yeah, well, I think the Hawk is one of my favorite choices because it has a great overlap of, okay, well, I can spread out my fire arc, so I can always get that Zam trigger uh, if they're attacking me. And also with the ability to bank on and hold on to those focus tokens, well, now I can have modification for all of my shots. If like a... Zam doesn't have any modifications for that second shot back. Well, that's not as scary. Um, it's just unmodified dice, and, and those those could be nothing, right? I'm not afraid of that. Uh, but when you're sitting there with a focus on a lock or you know a few focuses, wow, um, you're not burning any resources, and that's probably going to hurt. Oh, one thing you brought up too, Carson, when we were uh, getting ready or preparing the notes for the episode too, was uh, Zam's interesting because the condition card you get with Zam has a lot of text on it and a lot of abilities. Um, but you also kind of get an unwritten ability by virtue of what the card does, right? Yeah, and maybe people just get this ability because I'm over-respecting Zam. But I, I think I'm, maybe I'm not the only one um, where this is a you know very offensive card, right? Either it's giving you some free target locks uh, or uh, extra shots back, right? Um, those are kind of the face value. That's what Zam does. Uh, but because it triggers from being shot at, well, sometimes your opponent's just not going to shoot the ship that Zam is on. Or sometimes they're going to take suboptimal shots at the ship Zam is on instead of you know the other ship that they're trying to focus down uh, because they want to trigger that Zam um, so that they don't get the shot back from not shooting Zam. Because... Um, you know, those conditions are kind of confusing and how they trigger, but it, it really does play mind games in your opponent's target priority where they're either going to take suboptimal shots or um, just not fire sometimes. Well, I don't think it's just you, Carson, because there's also like, we, we've seen abilities like this in the past with the game, right? With like quick draw, losing the shields to get the extra shots. There would be some times where those shots are going to be so potent that like you can't risk it if your ship's like, you know, low hit points and you won't have enough tokens for defense where like I'd rather live the extra turns than continue on. It's really nasty though with Polyp and Zam where like you're already losing tokens to Polyp's ability though. So those extra those extra attacks just like hit so much harder cuz they have extra mods cuz they've stolen tokens, they've stolen your defensive mods. Um and you might not even want to shoot them at that point cuz you'll just lose your ship. 
I think this kind of ability, like in the game in general, for me, we've talked not recently, but in the past in episodes, we've talked about player agency a little bit. And things like Xam are fun because I think the decision making prospect of it doesn't necessarily take away player agency. I just really enjoy elements of a game that force people to make harder decisions, which to me is more fun. Like if I saw this on the table and it forced me to think differently, like that's what I want out of a game like X-Wing and Zam really delivers on that, I think. Well, I, I think you're right, John, too, because there's something fun, too. If you're playing against Zam, and um, as hard as it can be to deal with a ship that can attack you strongly a couple times, if you're in a position where you make the call not to shoot for risk of triggering Zam, and that turns out to be a decision that wins you the game, that also feels really good because that feels like you've made the really good strategic decision. Um, whereas like the normal thing is just attack when you can attack, right? Exactly. So anytime where you can like decline an attack, and that's the thing that gives you an edge in the game, that's really interesting. Well, and, like, there's so much, like, bluffing game around Zam, right? I mean, so there's fun bluffing elements in X-Wing just with your dials. But when you have these two face-down conditions, the way to get the most value out of those conditions is for your opponent to think you have the opposite condition. Um, And so that they misplay that, right? They make their decisions thinking you have the other condition. Then that's going to work out favorably um, for your ship with Zam. And so that you really have to, you know, play those head games. Um, maybe you spend your tokens in showing that you had that opposite condition, like like what would be ideal for that condition instead, right? So either you burn through your offensive mods or hold them, you know, looking like you have that second shot, and then they can make those misplays. Yeah, and I wonder if um, the bluffing element, though, will affect, you know, once we do see presumably a points increase with Zam, I wonder if that'll affect the long-term viability of this card. Because there's, you know, there's a couple changes that we could see. We could see, obviously, a points increase to Zam. We could see a point increase to R5TK, which helps trigger, set up Zam so you can get those double taps early. I don't think that one's going up. You I don't think your Zam's going up. No. <laughs> the, the one where you shoot your own ships? Come on. I mean, there, there's different ways if that became too reliable. Because I think a big part of it is the lack of expense with Zam. And, like, she doesn't cost much, and you can reliably set her up. Um, I feel like, isn't there a threshold where that goes up? It doesn't have to go up too much before that's not reliable enough to include. I don't think that. I think you're overthinking yeah. it. I think just the base value is really strong. Okay, so what do you think Zam should be? Eight points. 100%. Eight, eight points. <laughs> that seems like a pretty good starting point. That would put it on par with, like, uh, wouldn't that put it on, like, Veteran Turret Gunner? Uh, veteran Turret Similar Gunner ground. is, is it nine or ten? It's a double digit, isn't it? I'm not sure. That, I know uh, Tail Gunner, because of its constraints, is only like four or something. But I think Turret Gunner is, it might be up there. I, I would still take Zam at 10. I think she's going to go up to eight. I don't know. Consciously, I can't think of a points update where a card ever more than doubled in cost. I can't think of one. Veteran Turret Gunner is currently uh, seven points right okay. now. Okay, all right. A little cheaper than I thought. But... Uh, Supernatural Reflexes. That one went up. Uh, that one tripled. That one got it? scaled. Was... Uh, I6. Yeah. Um, I, what, what did um, Luke Skywalker Gunner start at? Did that that start... one started high. That one started high and then went down. Okay. Well, let's talk I mean, about that's cards relative, that matter. Though. 
It, it, John, if you want to talk about points doubling, we've seen cards go from one to two. So I don't think um, I think your your math is. I think eight is pretty good for Zam. That seems fine because then it's on par with comparable. I think abilities. less than eight is kind of scary. To leave it less than eight. Well, there's a balance point, right? Too where like I think the card is interesting enough where I don't think it's I don't think it's unhealthy for the game, right? It is fun. It is like, like honestly, like even guessing wrong, like you're like ah oh, man. <laughs> well, and I'm like a I'm a huge proponent of anything in this game that encourages offense. Like I feel like the game could use a pace increase like that a little bit. So Zam is up there and lets you put out damage quicker, especially for factions like the Separatists or like um, Scum and Villainy, right? They don't get the cool the cool abilities that like the first order of the resistance get. They don't need the crutch. <laughs> they don't need it. These are skill factions. John, you had um you were coming up with a pretty good shadow caster build for Zam crew, right? Yeah, I mean we were talking about here's another ship that has multiple firing arcs, right? So we had uh we were talking about Ketsu, we talked about Asajj. Generally I think, you know, any loadout of the Shadow Caster with the title and Zam crew um, and the false transponder codes, uh, illicit upgrade is pretty good. Uh, it's nice with Asajj if you put hate on her, you know, she gets shot at, can get some force back with hate, and then have more mods to shoot back with on her return shot from the condition card that she chose. So I personally like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You, there's a couple of different ways you could do it, but I think in general, Zam on a Shadow Caster is definitely worth considering. I feel like one of the like the important factors is having the multiple arcs and having ways to modify both shots like that helps a lot. Well, and giving out that tractor with your first shot means that that second shot does get to hit a little bit harder as well. And I think that's really cool. Yep. Plus that hate, you know, gives even more disincentive uh, to target that ship with Zam, which is great. Right. Get the force back after you get shot at so you can have some mods. That feels pretty mean. Now, of course, that's not hyperspace legal, but uh, if you're playing the better format anyway, then you should be able to <laughs> include it. So, Who's playing hyperspace, other than people who have to? Isn't your list hyperspace, Tim? The one you've been I, flying? I, yeah, but I, I do hyperspace right, lists well, ironically, then you're right? you're done. Nope, that's our thing. Your that's argument's over. The hyperspace and extended meme? Yeah. That's, been, that's been our pattern. We do okay with them, too. We'd probably do better if we played to the format, but... I play what I want. <laughs> yeah, no, no lone wolf in hyperspace makes me sad. That's really sad. I need that card. That's my crutch. Uh, That's how I you'll judge it. Atomic Mass games is is lone wolf in hyperspace. Or do we not care about hyperspace because lone wolf's not in it? One of the two. I just love that. That's your card. They're they're going to introduce a new format called lone wolf where they just make it not a unique card. Oh, it's called um, Aces High. Perfect. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. Please consider going on iTunes and leaving the podcast a five-star review, saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash Radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us, and thank you to everyone who's supported the show. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week.
Yeah, fish lady eggs. 